Welcome to everyone. I'm so glad you're here today. Uh, if you're new to River Point or West End, we have three campuses. We have one in Richmond. So hello to everybody who usually attends our Richmond campus or our Missouri City campus or our campus right here at West End. Now, I know a lot of you have started finding River Point and West End during the six weeks of our isolation. So you now are part of our online campus. And so we're so glad you've tuned in. You've never been to one of our facilities, but you're part of our church family and we're glad you're here. My mom is in that group. She watches from Maryland. So I'm glad you're tuning in, mom, as as well. Hey, we've had a great response to our Easter services. It was a strange not being together, but we had a record number of people uh, kind of watch our service and experience. And I had so much great feedback from the COVID rocks I had you do. I had so many pictures texted to me with great sayings, our, our Ebenezer, so to speak. You'll have to watch the service to understand that, as well as so much great response to the original song that our team put together. A great shout out to Chad Strader and Jacob Metter for putting together the Only God song. It was great. And to Justin Rolant, who made it look so good in this service. You can catch that song on our YouTube channel, or if you just want to listen to it, you can catch it on Spotify or on our on Apple Music. We are proud of that song. We think it speaks to where we are. We think it's encouraging, so share it as well. I cannot believe it's been six weeks that we've been isolated and social distancing and quarantining, and uh, we've become experts on Zoom calls. I've found Netflix, binged to some, I'll be honest with you, but there's no traveling, there's no eating out, there's no sports. And many of you, listen, I just want to give a special shout out if you're homeschooling your kids now. I hear this is the most challenging part of the whole virus thing is keeping your kids up to date on their education. And you feel the pressure, don't you? If they fell out of life, it's because of this season where you are their teacher. There's no start time. There's no stop time. Your whole day's kind of meshed together. And it's very, very difficult. And I just want to say, I know how, I know kind of how hard that must be. And I can't believe you're going through that. As well as, there's a special place in my heart for seniors, both in high school and college, because you're missing out on your scheduled graduation, your prom, all the all the traditions that you um, have. And I'm sorry for that. That's a real loss. And many of you uh, watching today have just been furloughed from your job. And unemployment is rising and that adds stress. And there's so many things that we've lost or we're missing out on. But I want to turn the corner a bit today. And I want us to start looking at some good things, some things that have happened some how do we how do we turn the corner and not just deal with our anxiety or our loss but how do we look forward to a future this week alone uh, our president and some other leaders are talking about how do we open back our economy and how do we do life differently and i've heard from you so many of you have sent me emails or you've tell, told me some things that are happening that you really appreciate during this time like it's been nice to have not have to go on a business trip or get on another airplane or travel or be away from my family it's been so great not having to rush around from one kid's practice to another kid's practice 
that one, one person emailed me and said, we've settled into this very nice routine of eating around the table together as a family instead of eating out or eating on the go all the time. Somebody else said, it's been a great adjustment not having to go and rush from one event, one social event to another social event, trying to keep up with this schedule. So this whole quarantine and isolation thing has been a great reset. It really has been a great reset. So I want to do a series over the next few weeks called Not Going Back. There are some things that we're going to rush back to. I can't wait to rush back to. But there are other things that we should carefully consider as we get back to a normal life over the next 30 or 60 days so that we don't rush back into the same routine that we had when this virus interrupted our life. Let's take advantage of this. Let's not waste a good crisis. In fact, Paul, when he was writing to the church in Ephesus, he says this, let me read it to you. It says, be very careful then how you live. Don't live as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, my interpretation of that is if we're going to live following Jesus Christ as our Savior, we have to live as wise and not unwise. We, we can't get sucked back into this black hole, this gravitational pull that the culture is offering us. If you're not purposeful and wise and careful, when the economy opens up and the doors open back up, you might be a victim of just going back to the things that you were doing. And I don't know about you, but there are certain things that I don't want to go back to. I'm thinking that this is a great opportunity for us to change. And it's been thrust upon us, but this could become a redirection in our lives that makes our lives and our families better, stronger, and even happier. Now, I know it's hard to remember because there are so many things that we miss, but I want you to try to remember not everything that about your life was great when you left it and started quarantining. I, there are some real high levels of dissatisfaction with your schedule, with your sense of joy, with your sense of happiness, with what you were doing with your life. Everybody had this stress. And then this great reset got pushed in. And I want you to pay attention to it because the challenge for all of us is to not going back so that we can grow our faith in God to the point that we don't just get sucked into life's uh, fast moving current. Let's not waste this crisis, but let's be wise. Let's figure out how we can do it. Here's one thing I'm not going back to. I'm not going back to being disconnected. Now, I know that sounds ironic because it feels like we're disconnected now because there's no hugs, there's no social gatherings, there's no handshakes, there's no church, there's no, there's no gatherings, there's no sporting events, and it feels like we're disconnected. But, but this time has also allowed many of us, not all of us, but many of us draw close to one another as we've quarantined with one another, like Lisa and I, at least we appreciate uh, one another more. Now, I know that's not true for everyone, right? That some of you have had to quarantine by yourself and you're very disconnected. You, in fact, you've never felt more disconnected than you do right now. But even in this time of aloneness, you can have a growing appreciation for other people and your need for every other people. I know for Lisa and I, it's been different. Uh, we've, had a, we've hit a great place in our marriage. 
We really have. We have this fire pit in the back of our house and we've had so many fires. The weather's been terrific. And because there's no place to rush off to and our phones aren't as busy and my schedule's not as tight, we, we get bored together and that's when the great conversations really begin. And we, we are gonna miss, we've already started when our schedule kind of picks back up and the economy kind of opens back up and life gets, I don't, I don't wanna totally go back to this busy, disconnected lifestyle. I, I, I'm guilty of it. And Lisa and I were just talking about how, how, how really sweet these moments have been for us to, to be together and have these conversations. And here's the truth. Love is meant to be experienced, and that requires time. Love, in fact, is only experienced in the context of time. I've said this before as a parent. Your kids spell love, T-I-M-E. Love is not something you know about or something that you acknowledge, but love is something that you experience. It's tangible and it's connected. There's no shortcuts when it comes to building intimate relationships. They all take time. Now, the reality is, this isn't true for everybody, so I hate to say it, but the reality is because I talk to a lot of you, most of us were living disconnected lives before the pandemic. And the reason was is because, because of the quarantine and the isolation, let me just tell you this, we are either really appreciating our time with our family or we're really waiting to get back out there and connect. And, and this is sort of the way God's designed all of us. We're relational beings. In, in, in the book of Genesis, when it says that God made us in his own image, I believe that's what he was really talking about, that we have a relationship with a relational God and the way he's created all of us is to be relational and connected. I'm talking to you, even you introverts, okay, that you think you don't like people or you don't need people. That is not true at all. You just process it differently. I'm married to an introvert, so I know about this. So, but I'm telling you, we all need relationships, right? So Paul talked about this. He started a church in a place called Thessalonica. And he wrote to them, and he was talking about this need to connect. Here's what he says. He says, listen, we came to you, and we were like young children among you. Sorry, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we care for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but we were wanting to share our lives with you as well. So Paul here is saying that even though he started the church, he didn't come to the people there in Thessalonica with some sense of authority or lording it over them or demanding something from them. No, in fact, it was like a mother caring for children. He came humbly and with meekness. Paul actually started this conversation with the church saying, hey, man, I don't want to take something from you, but I want to give something to you. The people with authority or power or position don't have a lot, when they use it inappropriately, they don't have great intimate relationships, right? So he was going to care for other people like children with tenderness and care. And so there was this spiritual connection that it happened. So you can see that. Paul shared the story of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross, that he was buried and he rose again. 
Paul even told his own story that he met Christ on the Damascus Road, that he had his own, his own conversion. And the church there in Thessalonica, it just kind of exploded. But he says not only do we have this spiritual connection, but we have this idea that we shared our lives together. I think that's the point, is that oftentimes in this culture that we live in, this, this America that we love so much, that we, we, we are so driven to succeed or to achieve or to accumulate that we lose this idea of being relational, that we don't share our lives, we just share brief moments together, that we don't do life together very well because we're just too stinking busy. I remember over and over again in sermons at, at our church, I would say, how many of you have some free time? And man, nobody had any free time. Now we have plenty of free time, right? We can't go do anything with it. But that's the idea. Don't go back to a busy, disconnected life. But figure out how to plan right now how to share your life. Now, Jesus laid it out there for us. I love this in John chapter 13. Let me read it to you. It says, a new command I give to you. Here's the new command that Jesus gives to us. Love one another. This is the most important thing that, that Jesus wanted to tell us, this new command. You want to know what God wants for you? Okay, but love one another. Why? Because as I've loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, the way you relate and share your lives together, everyone will know that you're my disciples, that you follow me if you love one another. So this is a need for all of us. I don't know, I know you know this intuitively, but I want you to feel this today. We all have this need to be loved. Belonging and being included is core to who we are and how God made us. And busyness, striving for the wrong things, eliminates that from our lives. It's a basic need to be loved and to love other people. And what our culture doesn't permit for is the space in which we do it. So maybe we've tried to fill this, fill this idea of being loved with achievement or, or success or with just doing important things that you feel like are important. But Maybe that's why before the pandemic started that we, we were just so tired, but we were empty and our relationships weren't thriving. The culture we left before the pandemic started, it doesn't permit us to really just hang out, to get bored with each other. In fact, there's been times when we were doing nothing before this virus hit. We were just doing nothing and it just felt irresponsible. And yet, that's all we do now is kind of hang out and, and we don't have the pressure to get ahead because there's so much limitations on us. And, and now I can really focus in on Lisa and Lisa focus on me and, and I, I can figure out how to make her feel loved and serve her. So listen, our lives were meant to sh be shared with one another. Our lives weren't just meant to be built up or to achieve or to accomplish something. We have to be careful. If we're going to be wise, like Paul tells us to be wise, we can't go back to that. I'm not going back. I'm not going back to this busy, disconnected life. Now, I know my life's going to get a little busier, but I'm going to pay more attention to how I'm loving other people and other people 
are loving me. When Jesus said, love one another, it's a new commandment. It's not like added on to all the other 10 commandments and all the other things we know. This replaces all of those commandments. It's a higher calling to, to be motivated and to do life out of this idea of loving one another. It's not an abstract, emotional idea. It's a real tangible thing that God wants us to put into place in our life. This is what's gonna make your life better. It's not going to be all the achievement or uh, getting ahead, so to speak, or fame, fortune, all the things that our culture tells us is important. It's going to be this ideal that I'm really good at these relationships, right? This is like God. You know, God, God so loved the world that he gave. He, he really loved us, and so he gave us his son so that we could have a relationship with him and so that we could have life that that we can have life everlasting, that Jesus says in John 10, 10, that he's come to give us life and give it to its fullness. Well, you get to decide in this downtime what a full life really means to you. I think Jesus was talking about a full life, a rich life, a, a life that just kind of overflows with joy is really centered in, into good, healthy relationships. So don't go back to disconnected, busy lives where People are a side hustle, but you have your goals in mind and, and some people get in the way of your goals. Don't think like that anymore. Don't go back. I'm not going back to disconnected, busy life. I'm gonna figure out a way to stay in this idea of creating space in my life where relationships can thrive. So here's some questions for you. First question. Where are you going to put boundaries in your life so that you can be with other people, serve other people, hang out with other people, to love other people? Where, where are those boundaries? Because it's very difficult to schedule time with people just to do nothing, which is what we're doing a lot of now, and we're benefiting from that. So where are the new boundaries in your life? If you don't decide where those boundaries are to protect those relationships, what's going to happen is the culture's gravitational pull is going to suck you back into doing instead of being. And, and you're going to get exhausted again. And I don't want you to do that. So don't go back to that. Where are those boundaries? Here's another question. What changes do you need to evaluate in your value system that, that would allow you to prioritize people over accomplishment or achievement or wealth. We have this value system that the culture gives us is that if you have more, you're more valuable. But So what value, core values do you need to deal with so that you can make the main thing the main thing? What's the most important thing to make your life Rich, you get to decide what Jesus was talking about when he said, I've come to give you life. What life? What kind of life? Not just eternal life, but what kind of life is that? And here's the third question. What hurts do you need to deal with in your life that causes you to stay emotionally distant from other people? Because some, some, for some of you, it wasn't about being too busy to be disconnected. For some of you, it was just that you were too hurt to be connected. That somewhere along the way, a spouse, an ex-spouse, a parent, a child, somewhere somebody's hurt you, and so you don't want to be hurt again. So you, you just live life staying busy because you didn't want to be hurt again. And so my challenge for you is this. 
what hurts do you need to deal with during this isolation and reflective time that will allow you when we go back to a normal routine to get connected like you've never been connected before to risk more? What hurts do you need to deal with? So here's some things to consider. Reach out to somebody during this downtime with a card or an email, a text, and just tell them you're thinking about them and begin to pray for other people. Don't obsess on yourself. Don't think about just your problems, but begin to empathize with others and reach out to them and tell somebody today that you were thinking about them. It will really encourage them. Secondly, begin to rethink your schedule. I haven't got to this point yet because I don't really know what that's going to look like, but begin to rethink your schedule and how you're going to do life blocking out that time to be with other people that are important to you so your relationships don't become secondary. And the third thing, here's what I am doing, plan a reunion. You don't know when that reunion is going to be, but plan a reunion. You know, plan a time to get back together. I know our staff is planning a kind of a get-together dinner or party so our, we can get back together. We, we're so tired of connecting through Zoom uh, even though I have some of the most creative virtual backgrounds, it's just quite amazing what I've been able to do. But really, it's about being together to hug each other. So we're planning a reunion. I'm planning a reunion with my extended family and my friends. We're going to have we're, we're doing some work on our house and and our landscaping. So we want to have people over to see that and to experience life with us again in our home. So we can't wait for that. That will give you a sense of encouragement that you're planning a future, a bright future. So plan a reunion. What's that reunion going to look like? What would you like to do? And really, over the next few weeks, I just want you to keep tuning in because there are some things that we should never go back to doing and we should benefit from this crisis. Don't go back to being disconnected. Don't go back to being too busy. Don't go back to uh, a life that's full of achievement and success but really poor in relationships and empty in life. And go back with a sense of faith in God that he knows what he's doing, he knows how to do, he's designed you, and he's got a full, rich life for you. So don't waste this time. Be careful. Live as a wise person. Don't go back to being disconnected. Let's pray together. Will you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you that you built us in your image and that we are um, to be in relationships. We're relational beings. And no amount of success or no amount of achievement will ever replace that. And so we're either A, really appreciating the people we're isolating with now, or B, we're really longing for people in our life because we're all alone. Either way, God, would you allow us to look at our lives going back to a normal routine sometime in the near future, but not going back to living disconnected lives. May our church thrive and our small groups thrive and our community of believers thrive called River Point and West End because we want to be together and share our lives together. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.